Harvey Norman Wampaki, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland with Ian Doherty and Brad Sinclair. Good morning and welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland and on cue we have the heaviest rain coming in uh, right now at 10 o'clock in the morning when we go to air and it's a great morning still up here in Lee and Gatha we are and it's Saturdays in Gippsland on 91.3 SEN track and southwest Gippsland and 91.9 in the Latrobe Valley. You can also listen live on the SEN app and at sen.com.au and don't forget you can catch up on every interview or the full show wherever you get your podcast and it's all thanks to our great friends out at Harvey Norman Wonthaggy where we were last Saturday morning it's your local store for computers and electrical free click and collect available now it's got a we've got a big show coming up this morning got a lot of people to talk to and joining me uh, this morning and he joined us back in I think it was last month up in Lee and Gatha as well. He's a Lee and Gatha local, none other than sportsbook author Dan the Man Eddie. Good morning. Thanks for swimming your way down here, mate. It's uh, yes. fantastic. Uh, we, uh, we've turned on the weather for you. It's actually been a perfect week down here. So, uh, in terms of a bit of sunshine and get out and about, and uh, just as you come over the hills into oh. <laughs> through to Carrumbarra Way, Boy. it uh, started to open up so it could be an interesting day my dog will be swimming at home but good to be here um it's been a big year oh. for langatha with the sport mm. it's been a big week for footy and that we know as well but just local local sport the netball and the footy's been sensational at langatha in particular and uh we'll be speaking with a special guest about that soon i know yeah certainly looking forward to that and you're right about the rain you know dan i uh, was on the drive to langatha and it was pelting down where i come from the southeast absolutely pelting. I got to Carambara and it dropped off and it stopped and it was nice. So it's followed me. So then... Thanks for that. Yeah, right on 10 o'clock on cue, she comes in. So you'll probably hear it through the mics, but don't worry about that. We're not going anywhere. We're in a nice, warm SEN van that's uh, starting to fog up a little bit because <laughs> we can't open the windows or we'll be swimming away. And I might say, Dan, I spoke uh, last week about I've been up in uh, Echuca, Barmer, Shepparton, mm. Bendigo, Mathara and Deniliquin, and I got out of there on the Friday last week to come down here and do the show, and then I couldn't get back. I've got a lot of work going on up there at the moment. Could not get back, and okay. have you seen the yeah. footage? Yeah. Isn't it incredible? So it's like you were sort of trying to outrun a tornado type yeah. thing. It was just following, an avalanche just following you the whole way down to yep. South Gippsland, was it? I've got to go back tomorrow. Uh, apparently... I don't know how this works, but I can get up through Albury and back out, so it'll take me about eight hours, Gee. which is normally three. Oh, so you can go, okay, you can go that way. Go yeah, out okay. that way. Yeah, no, it's been terrible though, hasn't it? And it, oh, it is. We're lucky in Langatha, it's, pr it's pretty hilly and it probably, I don't want to speak too soon, but I think we're okay flood-wise, but up the other end of the state, it's, um, yeah, it's scary what's going on, but it's great to see the communities banding together. It's been amazing, hasn't it, seeing all the yes. volunteers yeah. come out and you've got kids and Sandbagging. older people and everyone just doing what they can, and that, that's probably been the, the one good thing that we've seen out of it, if there is a good thing. A good friend of ours, uh, Leanne, that, uh, is from Wonthaggy. She's up in Echuca now, and she's sandbagging. She, oh, good on her. She's uh, in and amongst it. Excellent. She's uh, got the shovel out doing some sandbags. <laughs> I'll tell you what, a uh, big uh, stack of guests today. We've got, as you alluded to, 
the assistant coach of uh, Lee and Gathers, Stuart Wigney. Yeah, local legend. He's um, got the pub just up the road here. Yeah, we'll talk about his uh, co-ownership there of the, the thriving pub in Lee and Gather, But, he, yeah, he's involved with an amazing run this year with the Parrots, and uh, he'll talk about that. And uh, my brother was involved there. It was quite interesting. It was a fantastic grand final day. And, um, yeah, so he's got – and we'll also ask him. He's got a few – he's played quite a few VFL, AFL games as well, so we've got a few interesting stories we can bring up about that. Yeah, too. 72 games under five different coaches. <laughs> uh, so – and this is back in the mid to late 80s into 90s, so it just doesn't happen now where they no. sack coaches, Dan, of course. No. We're going to talk to Rodney Gundrell, mm. who – is just been appointed the Poowong senior coach in the Allenbank League, and you know him quite well as well. He's coached a fair bit of juniors around the Wanthag area. Well, he has, and we we played junior footy and cricket and tennis and everything together back um, in northern Victoria, up at Katunga Swans. We played up there, so that was fantastic. Um, so I'm looking forward. He's been really eager to um, put his toe in the water, so to speak, on a day like this. Um, and get his senior job, and I was really wrapped that uh, he was able to interview and then get accepted for the Puong job. I know he's very excited about it, so we'll have a good chat with him. And he's on a drive up to Queensland uh, he's, as he's, we speak to his him. His daughter's just finished school, and she's moving out of home, and she's not moving next door. She's moving to the to the Gold Coast, I think. So he's, well, uh, do you he's blame on the... her after what we've been through the last three months? <laughs> no, but she's braver than I was as a, as a kid leaving home. I didn't want to get that far away from mum and dad's cooking and everything, but uh, no, good luck. So we'll hopefully we can find a spot on the way up to Queensland where he's got a bit of signal. Yeah, and we're going to talk to Jamie Yule, the Phillip Island captain who's captain a couple of premierships and had a badly broken wrist, uh, really bad, if you've uh, had the opportunity to see the photos. And we'll talk to him. He's um, he's had the operation. He missed the grand final this year in the losing one against Turret and Delmore. But he will be flying in, flying out for Palmerston in Darwin <laughs> with Cam Pedersen, his new coach, but also Eddie Betson. Gary Ablett Jr. Wow. playing up there at Palmerston. All at the same club. All at the same club. Uh, so it'll be an interesting chat with Jamie, <laughs> won't it? They've already knocked off Knight Cliff, who were the premiership favourites. I can't see him losing any games. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> the, they've obviously got some cash in the, oh, uh, the under the counter there because, gee whiz, uh, Gazza alone wouldn't come cheap. And Eddie Betts is just out of the game and he's a star. So oh, you think Just an assistant coach at a premiership and, and he a critical, had a lot to do with huge, Tyson Stengel who yeah. kicked four, was it, in the end? Yeah. Yes. And 50-odd for the season. It's amazing. No one wanted him last year, Dan. No, he looked done. He, he, Didn't he? he just no one wanted to touch him, and it just shows. Same with like your Marlon Pickett's and these guys. It's just all about getting the right environment and the right yep. people around you. Uh, and suddenly, or sometimes you just need the wake up call too. And he had that. He went back to West Torrance and did what he did there, and and then they gave him a chance. And I think Eddie Betts might actually be the best recruit of the year when yeah, you think about it. Because, totally agree. Yeah. Hey, we spoke at length on this show last week about the Brett Ratton. Uh, sacking. Mm. Um, I think we're through that already. The week's gone and we've sort of forgotten a little bit about uh, Brett Ratton and, and that is because uh, <laughs> all the talks about their new coach who we might think that, uh, I'll get your view on it, Ross Lyon might have been appointed well before that sacking. What do you think about that? Well, I'm an unashamedly an Essendon man and uh, when he said the vibe wasn't right at Essendon, and then he found that the vibe was right at St Kilda, given, <laughs> given it was a very similar setup. Um, I get the feeling he might have known well in advance that uh, conversations were happening, uh, which is staggering again when you look at the fact that Ratton is signed to a contract 
and the discussions are almost happening straight away after that. You get yeah. the feeling. I might be wrong, but you just you get the sense if Essendon vibe wasn't right, but suddenly St Kilda's is, and theirs is as big a car crash as Essendon's, um, you, you, you think, well, okay, conversations are going. You don't suddenly fall in love with the game again uh, uh, seven days ago, do you? Yeah. No, he's okay. been a... He's been... I've liked him in the media the last few years since he was uh, sacked at Fremantle. He's, he seems happier. He seems up and about. I don't know how long that'll last, but he was doorstopped uh, only yesterday or the day before about the appointment or the seemingly pending appointment at St Kilda and had a couple of things to say. We're very close and um, giving both parties time to do the you know, ERP, their, their due diligence and... Um, hopefully get across the line in the not-too-distant future. Things are pointing that way. Like, I'm keen. Like, my heart's been opened up to St Kilda through through um, Andrew and Simon and, and their board. I don't like the narrative around St Kilda. Sort of, yeah, may, maybe it's deserved, or but, but I think, you know, sometimes it's a bit disrespectful. So um, hopefully, you know, we can get to a point where I'm able to roll up the sleeves and get in and help change that, hopefully. Due diligence means what's ERP? I had the exact same question for you. <laughs> I have no idea. ERP, it's, I'm, I'm struggling <laughs> to find out what I, I might even send a text out uh, on our social pages. If anyone knows what ERP is, uh, just let us know. Uh, the narrative around the Saints has been uh, and the, about their culture and so forth. Uh, how did you see that, what he said there, that he, he doesn't like that narrative? Well, that narrative started to change when he walked out, didn't it? When you think about it, he uh, he, he he built a really... And, and I think Grant Thomas had as well. They built a, a strong culture there that was suddenly... Success was a bit more expected than, yep. it, than it had been that I'd known it. And... Uh, I, I think, yeah, I get the feeling that um, it, it started to erode after that. And then you look at decisions made, lots of decisions along the way. Coaches have come and gone. They haven't really, you haven't ever felt that one of those coaches has been supported. Yep. You know, it's always been like, yeah, but if you start to lose a couple of games, we're going to get rid of you. Yeah. He, so. he, he, he took over from your good mate, Mark Harvey, at Fremantle uh, under that sacking. And he was asked about what he thought about uh, Brett Ratton in the same doorstop about the sacking that he copped. Look, it's brutal. I've been on the end of it. But sometimes clubs make decisions they think's best and you don't always agree with them yourself, but you need to respect them. Yeah. You need to respect them. Uh, it's not a, we've all, anyone that's coached has been sacked. Um, I don't know any coach that's coached for a period of time that hasn't been sacked. You do, people fall out of love with you. And Ross is very demanding. Yeah, I mean, he, he he didn't have a lot of respect for Mark Harvey. No. Mark Harvey's position, did he? So I, I, Has he done the same here? Has he done the same here? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the people in charge are calling the shots and they're probably going to him. Same with Frio. They, they probably went to him, I assume. Um, so the, he, he hasn't pulled the first trigger, but then he, yeah, then the principles go out the window and, uh, yeah, I, I find it interesting. But having said that, I mean, we all know Ross... Is a very very good coach and uh, fascinating to listen to. So I'm ex- I'm interested in what happens with him going forward. But yeah. I, I just think, yeah, you've done it again. 
Yeah. You know, like you're the one involved again. It's interesting if you, yeah. There's I, a I lot of skeptics. There's yeah. a lot of skeptics out there. And a, I really feel for Brett Ratton in the two jobs that he's had, the way he's been ousted. Now, when would he feel secure at any coaching job again? Look, what happened to him at Carlton? And then what happened to him here? He signed in July thinking he's got two years. He would be th- saying, there's no security in this job. And he gets a six-month handshake. I don't agree with that, Dan. 250000 roughly. So he signed for two years, yeah. but they don't have to pay him for the two years. If you're a player, they do. If you're a coach, there's a six-month contract clause in that yeah, that that's what you get. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I don't agree with that. No, if me neither. If you've made the decision to sign him to that contract, that's your problem. Because that would make them maybe not make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. If they've got to pay yeah, him two right. million, you'd or do the, whatever it is, you'd do the ERP more, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, actually might yeah. be a million, a million one point five, uh. as opposed to two hundred and fifty thousand. Well, we can get rid of him, and and let's remember, St Kilda wouldn't have two pennies to rub together. Nah, nah. This won't be coming out of Lindy. this will be coming out of the AFL's coffers. This well, two fifty. Well, there's another conversation again Isn't when you, you think who runs the show and what? yes. Mm. Yeah, hey, we better take a quick break. Yeah, we've got a knock on the door. We have, and we've got more to get through on that sort of stuff too. But after the break, our first break of the morning, we've got a very special guest, and that man is Lane Gather's assistant coach, Stuart Wigney, and we'll be back after these short messages. Harvey Norman, one thank you. Your local. Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. This is Saturdays in Gippsland with Ian Doherty and Brad Sinclair. Uh, welcome back uh, to a beautiful day here in Leangatha, southwest Gippsland. It's not that beautiful, it's bucketing down outside. And you're with Brad Sinclair and Dan the Man Eddie, who's filling in today for Wiz while he's up in Darwin, just uh, sun on the feet. And having a good time up there in the heat. Good on you. And it's all thanks to Harvey Norman Wonthaggy. We're parked right out the front of Henrietta's, one of the best coffees you'll ever get. And we're only a short drop punt. One of Dan's left footers down from McCartan's Hotel. And joining us now is, well, ex-four clubs, Footscray, Sydney, Adelaide, Richmond. But more importantly, he's the owner of McCartan's Hotel. He's looking for a chef. And he's also the assistant coach at Lee and Gather, Stuart Wigney. Good morning. Good morning, boys. How are we? <laughs> Mate, it's great to have you here. Uh, Welcome to Lee and It's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> it's fantastic, mate. It brings back fond memories for me. It's early mornings and playing down here and, and the rain. That's oh. what it's about. Here's the body, just quickly. Uh, <laughs> just, just. I've just, um, I can't run anymore. And I, there's two things I can, well, probably, well, no, I can't. I can't swim anymore because my shoulders are gone, but. I'm on the bike now. I hate the bike. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah, stand it, but yeah. that's, that's the only thing I can do. I the can st- box a little bit. My shoulders hurt. So The stationary so. bike, or you go no, hit the I, rail track? I get out. I'm not the full-on liker, though. I just okay. get out. and No, I'm actually in Melbourne. So I live in Melbourne. Oh. I live four days a week in Melbourne, come down here on weekends. Oh. What so part of Melbourne? I'm in Bentley. Oh. So I just get down to the, uh, straight down the beach and head down the beach road. Spot. Yeah. I grew up in Clayton, so yeah. I know Bentley very yeah, well. Yeah, Centre Road, a couple of good little cafes. There is, mate. So I've got a good balance. Good balance yeah. between a bit of city and a bit of country. Which, and uh, beautiful country here too, Dan. I mean, I know you're uh, biased because you're a Lee and Gather boy, but it's, it, when it is nice weather, it's beautiful green and hilly and love it. Here in Curranburra, two favourite spots in Gippsland, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, fair cool. And even driving off Puong Way and everything is just yeah. beautiful. Um, and Warrigal on that. Um, 
Uh, what was I going to say, Stu? Yeah, so you, you're coming back from Melbourne um, all through last year with uh, with the footy involvement as well as your pub. So yeah. just the, you were the forwards coach at Lean Gatha. Just tell us about that, your involvement and, and the, the team that you had. And Yeah, uh, listen, so what for me it was coming back on Thursdays and um, for training and then uh, we'd have the weekend here and you do a lot of it during the week too, to be honest. Like um, yeah. we've got Trent McMicking, obviously he's the head coach and uh, Mark Lafferty and uh, Brad Hutchison and there's a lot of well, the vision actually, which quite surprised me, is how much you got to do just on the opposition and on ourselves, and just oh, yeah. to help with our development and improvement. And um, yeah, so it's it's good involvement for me. It's good to be able to put back into somewhere where you you first started. And um, you know, it's a long time ago for me. I, I left here in 1987 mm. was my last year, which you, we actually played in a prelim against Terrellgan and got rolled. So one of three prelims I played in and got rolled. <laughs> I must have just missed you. I was up here with Churchill in the Latrobe Valley in '86. Well, I, I played it my was. first game in '86 as a yeah. sixteen-year-old. I only played one that year against Churchill. Yeah, the the, uh, the big fellow Salmon was yeah Curly just uh, was controlling the airwaves up there at the time. In the Even Latrobe I was scared Valley. of him. I played with him. <laughs> yeah. Shane Loveless was running yeah, around. Yeah, the big sale. pinhead. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a big boy. He was a big he's boy. Squeaky yeah, boys. Tim, he, he didn't know what he was going to do. Old yeah. It was a great area, wasn't it, for the recruits that went to like Footscray and even Hawthorne. It was just an amazing area. Yeah, it was, and it's sort of. I was only thinking about it. I feel sorry for the poor buggers up in um, the north of the state. And um, you know, when you play AFL footy, the, the pinnacle is to then if you can get a state game. But when you're playing country football, the pinnacle was to get an interleague game. Mm. And Latrobe Valley then was a very strong league, as was up in Samaria. Mm. I'll never forget. My dad was involved with uh, Neville Stone was the coach at the time of the interleague side. So my dad was was helping him out and. There was a game against Avon to Murray over in Tarelgan where uh, a young um, John Longmire kicked about five goals. He's only about 15 or 16 or something. He played oh. on Trevor Risley, which Trevor will hate me mentioning this. <laughs> good player, Trevor. Yeah, Trevor was a really yeah. good player. Really good player. Not that day. And, well, it, it wasn't that day, and, and the boys completely gave it to him, as you'd imagine. You know, these 15, 16 games kicked five on you, Trevor. What are you doing? But as it turned out, he played on a pretty good player. Coleman medalist. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah. There's a few Reesleys, wasn't there? Or Reesleys? Reesleys, yeah. yeah there's two. So there's Trevor and Spider. So yeah. uh, both both handy footballers. Trevor was a better one. Yeah, but, I think um, the only game we... We didn't win a game in 86, I don't reckon, with Churchill. I reckon we drew one. I reckon it was Lee and Gather that we drew with at Gaskin Park, Churchill. And it was the only... We used to get... I think they might have even gone out two years later to the Miners. Yeah, right. After the Latrobe Valley. But uh, I uh, played in that Latrobe Valley rep side up in Geelong in 80... I reckon that was 86. It was 86. Okay. So, Jennings from Terrelgan yep. won us the game off his own boot by a point. Allen? Yes. Yeah. Kicked a, I think it was a 65 metre torp that got there. Yeah. Loveless was at full forward and I had to room with him. <laughs> and he got home on the Saturday morning at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning before we had to play Cadinia <laughs> Park. I thought this bike's not going to get a kick, kicked eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Um, we'll touch on your VFL stuff. Stu, but just the, the grand final experience this year with Langatha, how rewarding was that to be a part? Is that the first time you've been well, involved? Well, it actually, for me, it's uh, probably the first senior grand final. Of, I actually, when we first got to Footscray, we won a uh, reserves grand final. Oh. But as far as the senior grand final, it's the first one I've actually been involved in, wow. which is um, out of all that time, it, uh, you'd think over some stage you've yeah. had some sort of in coaching now for six or seven years. And 
and um, yeah, so it was oh, it was huge. It was great for the town, and when we we had both sides, it's sort of nervous times because you've gone through undefeated. Yeah, and um, and the way we approached it, we just thought we had so many games during the year where we were challenged, and the game could have gone either way. Yeah. So as far as we we're concerned, like it was either a win or a loss. You still take the same learnings out of a game that's one kick away than what you do if you lost it. So it's yeah. either W or an L. Yeah, but you still yeah. it's five point margin. Yeah. So we just approached it that way. As well, you know, people talk about oh, they could have a loss at some stage. Well, why? You know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but then for the town, it was huge. You know, and we yeah. had um, had three nipples. So I didn't. Unfortunately, one got up. And um, but the for the what we call the development boys, because we like to look at them as they're developing to come and play senior football. They got up and won, and um, and as, as did the seniors. So it was great. The twos twos won pretty easy, Brad, but uh, fairly comfortable. But the the ones uh, was a bit towy towards the end there. You sort of just in front most of the day, but you just got to start of the last quarter and um, uh, sale really came at you hard. And then the heavens opened worse than this. Everyone's clamoring for shelter. And you thought, oh no, they're going to actually get over and just. And then suddenly it broke and it went the other way and they got the goal. And then it was party time after that. Oh, sale are a very good football mm-hmm. side. Very good. We rated them really highly. Um, and as did, you know, Wonthaggy and others and, you know, even Trogan and. Um, and we, uh, we were lucky against Wonthaggy the week before, and, and we probably didn't play our best football at the end. We played a, some really good football during the year, but we, we probably actually ran out of form a little bit later on in the year, and we just hung in there because we've just got so much quality and depth and enough leaders to push us through, yep. um, which is a sign of a good footy side, obviously. But we, we really rated Sale. They were a good footy side. We had Scotty Pendlebury's brother playing. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, is it? Uh, yeah, Ryan. Ryan? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good yeah. player. Yeah. yeah, good player. And Kane Martin's a ripper in the middle, yeah, or I plays out on the wing now. Leslie Brothers, there's a number of yeah. them playing. Yeah. They've got some really good quality. I can tell you, mate, I've been in the odd rooms after a grand final, <coughs> excuse me, but uh, the rooms in Langatha after the grand final, the seniors, was um, something I'd never experienced before. It was just... It went on. The, se- the seconds were all in there waiting because they'd just won, and then the crowd flocked in. And it, the feeling in there for an hour afterwards was as big a buzz as I've had in footy. I've seen the, the video. video. The most unfortunate part was it was just so cold out in the ground. Like yeah. our players couldn't even have a beer out in the ground while they were yeah. doing the presentation because they were just shivering. Yeah. Like was, you know, a couple of young blokes. So I thought, oh, geez, we don't get them inside. So. <laughs> and then when you got inside, it was the humidity and it was hot again. And yeah, yeah it was good. Oh, it went off. A, um, which I find surprising. Oh, when I say surprising, they were undefeated. So what was that? Why was that? so energetic in the rooms afterwards when they probably were supposed to win it for one, for two. They've been the east side for the last four or five years, really, mm-hmm. haven't they? So what do you think that was? I think it's a bit of a relief. Yeah. I think yeah. it's honestly a bit of a relief and you've worked so hard and you've, you've put so much planning into it and and um, the boys, have, you get to the point where you in the back of your head there's always, we haven't been beaten yet. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't care what anyone says, you do realise that, but at the same time, you just take control of the, the situation in front of you. And they did, and there was just a, probably a tattle. And it's been hard last two years to have, yeah. to have a really good quality side. We knew we had a good list, but we haven't been able to get it out there in the field because of COVID and everything else. So, I'd been at the training during the week, just watching on, and you just sense that there's a really great club culture there. Yeah. That the netballers were out on the field at training before their grand finals as well as part of the footy group. They're all all one club, and you just had this real feeling that this is a one-in club. Well, we're homegrown. We, yeah. we played with something like 24 points in the grand final out of a possible, I don't know, is it 40? I don't know what you can yeah, have right. as a footy side. So basically we had all homegrowns or a one-pointers apart from two players. So yeah, there, well. we, we didn't have any 
ex-AFL players or anything other than Hep, who's, um, you know, a few of the boys have tried out at the time. Tommy Marriott, I think, was at Port for maybe a while, and Cade Maskell was um, at Port maybe for a bit, and I'm forgetting anyone I don't know, but there's a few boys have done that. But other than that, they're all homegrown yeah. lads. Yeah. We might uh, just head to the 10.30 news headlines for a couple of minutes, and when we come back, we'll talk a lot more about... Uh, the Lee and Gather year, but I know Dan's got some questions about some coaches that Stuart Wigney might have played under during his time yes. in his 72 games at the big time. We'll be back very soon. Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. This is Saturdays in Gippsland with Ian Doherty and Brad Sinclair. Uh, welcome back to Saturdays in Gippsland, 91.3 SEN track in southwest Gippsland and 91.9 in the Latrobe Valley. You can also listen live on the SEN app at sen.com.au and don't forget you can catch up on every interview or the full show wherever you get your podcasts. It's all thanks to our great friends out at Harvey, Norman, Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now you're with brad sinclair and dan the man eddie sitting in this morning and we are sitting here with mccartan's hotel proprietor with a couple of legends as well that uh, he might own this with dan we'll talk about that so we've got a lot to talk to Stuart wigney about um uh, the assistant coach out at lean gather in an undefeated premiership year but right now Stuart, we're looking for a chef oh we are indeed but, um great opportunity very well paid. Used to be seven days a week we uh, operated, but now we're back to five since COVID. And uh, it's tough work to find them out here. Yeah, we're busy enough, but we just can't find anyone to cook. So, is it, well, because I'm going to go in there for lunch after here, is it possible? What will you put that no, together? He's just got a some baked beans. Palmer. He's got a few baked <laughs> beans <laughs> in the other back. <laughs> I'm a very good cook for about five people. Yes, <laughs> for about 105. A bit different, <laughs> and, isn't and it? Can I just say that? Uh, the setup at McCartan's, not because Stu's here, Beautiful. but it is, it is outstanding. And uh, the food's always terrific. Uh, too much. It gives you too much food. You've got to take <laughs> a couple of doggy bags with you. But it's, it's, it's fantastic. And they, they redesigned. When COVID was on, and you can answer this, Stu, but they, they, you really sort of redesigned the joint, didn't you? Because yeah, we did. it, yeah, yeah, it's amazing when you walk in there. Well, I always thought, the, well, that's why we bought it. The opportunity was you could bring a bit of the city to the country because there's yeah. enough people here with a bit of discretionary spending. And there's, there's traditionally never been anywhere for, for the females to go and sit comfortably. Like, there's always had the bars, the tradies and the uh, bar flies, but uh, we've never had anywhere where we've got a wood-fired pizza oven and, and making cocktails and you can actually dress up a little bit to go out in Langathrin. Well, why not? So if there's, a chef out, if there's a chef out there right now listening, how do they get in contact Info with you? Info at au. If you want to send your resume into there, um, I'd love to talk to you. And if you know how to shake the paprika, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Just give, give him the bell, get on the... Uh, actually, go in there and have a feed and oh, see what beautiful. you can add to it. Eh? And it does. It does. It, it, it's a thriving place on a Friday, Saturday, or, or any night. But um, with the setup out the front it's on days... It's a great spot. Yeah, right on the corner there. I've seen Darren Lehman, co-owner, who's uh, floated in from time to time. He doesn't mind uh, getting a good feed in there. And uh, and Jared Ruffhead's involved as well. We're due for Ruffy to come back, but he's probably a bit busy at St Kilda at the moment, is he? But, he is. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of which, have you seen the Ross Lyon, Brett Ratton You know stuff? Ross, don't I you? know him well. Yeah, he's... Um, funny, funny enough, Ross is not what you think he'd be. Like, everyone just... He comes across as this almost, you know, Ross the boss and um, an arrogant, sort of smug sort of bloke. He's one of the funniest blokes you ever meet. Like, to sit around and have a beer with, he's hilarious. And people just don't see that side of him. But the other side of him, you speak to... And I, I co-owned um, hotels in Melbourne with Nick Rewalt. 
and um, and Rui just can't speak highly of him. Yeah. Of the guy. He's just that methodical and he's just trying to get the best out of it, the, make them the best sellers of themselves, not only as a football, but as a person. And um, he'll be good for them. He'll be really yeah. good. Anyone that's come in contact with him says what you've just said. Yeah. yeah. The Fremantle boys, all the Saints boys, um, and I've heard them, particularly Lenny Hayes, and we know that yeah. Lenny was Ross's favourite, but everyone says exactly the same thing. Do you think right now the playing group, there'll be a real spring in the step because oh, of this? I, I, I believe so, yeah. yeah. And I've spoken to Ruffy about it, to be honest with you, and and um, he's excited. They're, yep. they're all generally excited to, to get him in there, and um, and uh, I, I believe that he will. That's It hasn't been announced, but I think yeah. we all pretty much know that it's going to happen, don't we? Yeah, so. yeah. we spoke about it at the head of the show. It's quite funny, isn't it, because we had some grabs from him. But it's, it's quite funny. Oh, I don't know if funny is the word, but interesting that he was... There's a real mixed reaction in social media from St Kilda people. It's funny, isn't it? I think he's one of the greatest coaches that's ever coached, personally, mm. because what he did between those years of 7 and 11 with St Kilda, with that group and how he gelled them. And I was working in the development stage with their VFL affiliate at that time. Mm. And you could see the spring in the... St- the guys that come down to VFL level when they're dropped are usually pretty sombre and sour face these guys were still up and about mm. he's got to have provided that atmosphere well, people are that strung up about you have to be a premiership coach to be a yes. good successful coach but uh. this bloke's got size to three premiership the ball bounces the other way yeah. to Stephen Milne yep. they win a grand final yep. and they've been in three so, and they everyone will be the first one to admit that St Kilda didn't have that great a playing list and they you probably if you're realistic they probably had overachieved Yep. But he got the best out of them, yeah. and that's what he's capable of doing. And, and not only that, he's an intellect. Yeah. Now he goes over to Harvard and does his study, and he comes back. and And anyone that thinks that he, he won't change, he will change for sure. Yeah. He will adapt to the game. He's been in the media. He's he watched it closely from a different uh, vantage point, you know, with a different head on to yep. what you normally do with coaching. And I just think he'd be such more, he'd be more rounded now. And if Fremantle and, kicks straight, he's a two-time that's right. premiership coach. Right. And if Matty Scarlett doesn't toe-poke the ball, you see that. Three <laughs> times. <laughs> three times. And I'll, I'll yeah, do that. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it's about a different bloke, don't you? Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And for St Kilda people, let's be honest, getting them to two grand finals or three grand finals in four years, I think they would have been pretty happy. They haven't played one since. And they haven't played once in the finals since he's walked or he left. And there was more to that... Yeah, there is. Yes. He there did. Is. A lot of people are bagging him that he left, but there was a lot more to that from the St Kilda side okay. why he left. Is that right? All I'll say is if the people that bag him, if they were in the same position as him, he would, they, they would walk. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's all I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you played under a few coaches yourself, Stu, during the four clubs you were at. You had... You have the legendary Mick Malthouse early days mm. for him, and then you move into Terry Wheeler, and then you have um, who else do you have? Brad, you, uh, Graham Corns. Graham Corns and uh, Johnny Northy. Northy and Walls. Walsy. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, you've had you've had uh, five coaches in your career. Yeah, not by choice. That, by Gary Buckinara. There you go. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, cool. Were you there? What happened? I, I broke both my legs in Sydney. Jeez. So That's I, right. I literally, yeah, yes. yeah, both of it. I, I literally we played a practice match in uh, Canberra against Fitzroy. That was a, we had a bye back in ninety. What was that? Ninety two. Yep. yep. Broke my left leg and didn't come back to halfway during the year and played against Fitzroy again. Played my first senior game for Sydney and broke my other leg. Yeah. So at the end of that, I was delusional and didn't want to be up in Sydney and hate the joint. And I actually played footy with Tony McGuinness at the Bulldogs and he rang me up and said, "Mate, get over here to over the crows." But wow. 
That didn't quite work out. I went over there and did every hamstring and soft tissue muscle known to man because you've been out for 12 months, with, so it took ages to get the fitness back. But you, you did get to be part of that uh, famous run in 93 for the Crows, <laughs> didn't you? And you, you go, uh, I'm an Essendon fan, you're seven goals, we're seven goals down at half time in the prelim final and uh, everyone's probably thinking it's, it's all done and dusted. I mean, what was the dressing room like? It Adelaide at half time when you're seven goals up, mate. It um, it's sort of it's, it's I still can't believe we lost it. Yeah. it even this long, you still think about it again. You go, How did we lose it? You know, and moments in games are huge. You know, yeah. and there's a, there was a couple of different moments in that game, and and I think it was Longy who just went mad yeah, there, yeah. and just I think he'd hardly had a kick from memory in the first half, and then just went berserk in yeah. the second half, and. Um, I remember Jars, Andrew Jarman missed one from about 10 metres yeah. out and we, they just started to get a bit of momentum and, and I th- just felt at that time, he had he kicked it, it might have just steadied the ship again. Yeah. But he missed it and then they went down the other end and kicked it because um, we, we just went out with the same attitude, we didn't do anything different but unfortunately, and, and momentum's real. Yeah. It's yeah. a real thing and sometimes inside gets it and we probably didn't react quick enough to, to shut it down. I think now, these days, you'd shut it down a lot quicker yeah. than what we, we did. We, we were a bit too reactive. And, and suddenly the Essendon crowd gets involved, and it's, oh, yeah, it's right. It's loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. When McCurry kicks his goal late in the game, it's every Bomber yeah. fan still says that's the. But um, uh, I got him back a couple of years later. Though I was, I was playing with Richmond in a final where yeah. yes. Essendon was up by forty odd points, and we got uh, him. It didn't go too well. I, funnily enough, I'd come off a broken leg again at the SCG I, uh. when Richo did his knee. I was playing with Richmond after the first nine games up in uh, in Sydney. I broke my leg again. In oh, Sydney. So, bug in Sydney, I'll come back. Wow. If you just joined <laughs> us, you're with Brad Sinclair and Dan Eddy on SCN Saturdays in Gippsland. We're joined by ex-Bulldog Swan Crow Tiger and current assistant coach out at Lee and Gather and owner of McCartan's Hotel looking for a chef, Stuart Wigney. Now, Stuart, 1990 mm. was your, probably your real breakout year at the Bulldogs. Played Vic, for Victoria against Tasmania that year. Mm. I was actually, yeah, so... I, I was um, emergency for the uh, the A side, which wasn't a good year for Victoria that year. They went up to New South Wales, so I was a twenty third, <laughs> and they got done by New yeah. South Wales up there, which had a good side, yeah. Terry and Longmire and others, yeah. Um, and so the guys that missed out on that went and played down in Tassie. We got rolled by Tasmania. That's yeah. actually Rossi played in the same game. Talking about Rossi, oh, uh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, so um, Paul Hudson had a good day. Paul Hudson, Tassie, the Gale yeah. brothers who I played footy with the Tigers, and um, did Richo play for Tassie? Richo that? played for yeah. Tassie, oh, yeah. and um, Stevenson, Brett Stevenson, and um, oh, the list goes on. They had some good players. Who's the best you've played with? Oh, there's a couple. Um, when you have four clubs, there's a couple. Uh, Dougie Hawkins in the early days. Yeah, would have yeah been Hawk was one of the Hawks had the best skills yeah. out of everyone I played with. Yeah. Uh, the Witten Oval, mate. Like I used to. It was that you know, the wind was incredible, yeah. and if it wasn't wind, it was rain. And and you'd run at Hawk, and there'd be a goal going across he'd on his left foot, and he'd just judge it with the wind or whatever, and just know every time. And what wind a lovely bloke! Oh, Ripper, yeah. oh. Tough, tough though, real yes. tough, unassumingly. Yes, yeah, yeah, well, brave book boy. So yeah, he grew up yeah. In, he's um, but the other one, Mark Rusciuto. Oh, oh yeah. even early days. Yeah, he was well, good. Yeah. He was Dustin Martin before Dustin Martin was Dustin yeah. Martin. Yeah, yeah. He was, he? Um, and then, it, you know, Mods was freaky. I was going to ask you about like Modra, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was, we were talking about rumour, blokes. I, I rumoured with him at a, uh, before our prelim. 
he's waking me up about seven o'clock and he's just jumping up in the naked in the bed just singing songs and I said what are you doing mate and we're just about going and playing a prelim yeah. <laughs> but he's uh he's a different cat but geez he could play oh you, you turn around you jump on your head is he the best mark you've seen oh as far as just vertical leap yeah. and, and grab and timing and that type of yeah. thing unbelievable because they didn't yeah. do the testing in those days it would have been interesting uh, i would like to have known but it's, you can jump but you've got to have timing yeah and he just knew when to sit in someone's head and take a play they had some hard landings yeah. yeah, yeah. Was he rock star like? Did he have that sort of out cult of control? Type? Yeah, out of control, mate. Yeah. Like it was that first sort of taste. Like when we went over there in Melbourne, you, you get away that you get recognised and that type of thing. But in Adelaide, you can't hide. I remember after our final, um, they had to put us into a hangar, and to get out, there was ten thousand people at the airport when we got back after we won our first one, and to actually get out to your car in the car park. You're just getting chased by people. And I was running across a car park just trying to get in the car to get out of there. <laughs> and I hit a toe ball of a car, oh, a machine. Oh. And I just went down the ground. Like, Machines <laughs> killing me. I've got all these kids and people standing above me with their pens out and paper. And I'm just thinking, oh, no, I just want to get home here. Sorry, guys. The machine was killing me. I had this big lump of machine after it. <laughs> but it was, it's huge. It was huge in those yeah. early days. Yeah. Uh, we might take a quick break and we'll continue to talk with Stuart after the break. And... Um, talk to him about a few other things we've got a lot more coming up in Saturdays in Gippsland and don't forget we'll also talk to the new Wonthaggy, uh, sorry the new Poowong coach from Wonthaggy, Rodney Gundrell and Jamie Yule, the Phillip Island captain will be later on in the show and we'll be back with Stuart Wigney and Dan Eddy after these short messages Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical free click and collect available now this is Saturdays in Gippsland with Ian Doherty and Brad Sinclair. Uh, welcome back to Saturdays in Gippsland here in Lee Gather, right out the front of Henrietta's and just the drop punt down from McCartan's Hotel. And we're with the owner of McCartan's, Stuart Wigney, and they're looking for a chef. So if there's a chef out there, info at mccartans.com.au. Get your resume in there. Make sure you can do a good palm. And it's about the uh, staple uh, number one meal at the pub these days. And we've just got a couple of more minutes uh, with Stuart before we have to take the 11 o'clock news and then there'll be a whole lot more after 11 o'clock. Yes, uh, Stuart, how, um, how did you get involved uh, with um, uh, Darren Lehman and, and Jared Ruffhead, the local legend Jared Ruffhead? Because uh, the three of you are involved with the pub, aren't you? Yeah, yeah well, I've known Buffer for years and, and first met him um, through Chuck Berry, actually, through Darren Berry, who I played a lot of uh, junior footy and cricket with and I come to visit them, I reckon, in 1988. They were over playing with South Australia and coming across to the Hilton and playing at the G. And they were rooming together. And, and Chuck, actually, we went out for dinner and Chuck had had enough and, and Buffer hadn't, as per usual, with Buffer. So we, we ended, <laughs> ended up, you know, it was pre-season for me. So I went out and had a few beers with him and um, and we've sucked fat since. And my brother actually played cricket with him as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Ruffy, I've just known. He's, his mum, when he, she first moved to Lean Gather, she was a, a nurse and my mum was a nurse. And... Um, she actually lived with us for a little bit when I was young, oh, so uh, so I've known his mum for ever and a day, and and obviously Ruffy, and uh, yeah, so he's been a local boy. We both saw the opportunity and got involved. And speaking of coaches, there was a bit of an uproar when he got the flick as an Australian cricket coach. Boof, yeah. he was very well liked. Yeah, a bit stiff, a bit stiff, yeah. but it probably had to happen, I suppose, because of what was going on. But he still maintains he didn't know anything about yeah. it, and whether that's his fault or not. But you know, you can only be across so many things, and he just said that listen. They all worked on the ball, but he said sandpaper. Really, yeah, you know, yeah. go go your hardest as far as everyone was doing it. How would he have been in the twenty twenty caper? Oh yeah, unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable! God, he hit the ball. He hit the ball very hard, very hard. Oh, and very he hard. and he was a bit like a Bevan in the way that he could. 
time his run. Mm. You know, he knew when he needed to go or when he needed to slow down. And he was he was crafty. So he was one of the best players for spin in the world. Yeah, in his time. Yeah, and that's why he always did well over overseas. Yeah. He wasn't big on fitness, was he? No, nah, he didn't need to. He didn't think. <laughs> <laughs> if you hit at the boundary, you don't need to run there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Hey, look, it's great to be have you on this morning. I've really enjoyed it, and I've missed two breaks because uh, I've just been sitting here and enthralled in the conversation. And um, really, congratulations on the year with Liam Gath. That's a Undefe- undefeated champions is uh, very, very yeah. rare, isn't it? So thanks for joining us. No worries at all. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. And get into the pub. And what was that email address one more time, mate, for the for the chef? Info at mccartons.com.au if you're a chef and put a good palmer together. Get onto that email straight away with your resume. And we'll have a lot more after this short break. Harvey Norman Wonthag, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. This is Saturdays in Gippsland with Ian Doherty and Brad Sinclair. Welcome back to Saturdays in Gippsland. We're out here in Leangatha, right out the front of Henrietta's. Uh, you're with Brad Sinclair and Dan the Man Eddie sitting in for Ian Wiz Doherty, who's sunning, him, sunning himself up in Darwin. That was a great chat with Stuart Wigney, Dan. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic, mate. You don't want me on today, do you? But uh, fantastic. Um, uh, Ripping bloke. Oh, fa- yeah. And just, yeah, he's perfect bloke to run a country town pub, isn't he? That uh, yeah. you, know, oh. you need those sort of um, hosts. And uh, he's doing a great job. And you'd, you'd like to think there'd be a, a number of chefs lying up to, to get in there because uh, it's a thriving joint. And you're right, there are a few people around Langatha, not me obviously, that uh, got a little bit of money in the pocket there that they can spend up at the pub on a weekend, so it's a good place to be. Yeah, looking forward to the next hour, Dan. We've got the new Poo-Wom coach, Rodney Gundrell, and then after 11.30 we'll speak to Phillip Island's captain, Jamie Yule, who's having a run over the summer up in Darwin with Eddie Betts and Gary Ablett Jr. Looking forward to that chat, should be a ripper. There'll be a lot more after the news. Your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland with Ian Doherty and Brad Sinclair. Uh, welcome back here with Brad Sinclair and Dan the Man Eddie sitting in for Ian Wiz Doherty up in Darwin at the moment. And we are on 91.3 in the southwest Gippsland area or 91.9 in the Latrobe Valley. Don't forget, you can also listen live on the SEN app and at sen.com.au. Don't forget, you can catch up on every interview or the full show wherever you get your podcasts. All thanks to our great friends Harvey, Norman, Wonthagger, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. And it's uh, the rain has just subsided a little here in Lee and Gather, so we're able to open the door and get a bit of fresh air. And right now, we are going to talk to the Poowong coach, Rodney Gundrell, and I'm of the opinion he might be on the road on the way to Queensland. It's probably not raining there. Good morning and welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland, Rodney. Good morning. How are you going? Good, mate. Where, where do we find you? Uh, I'm about five days north of Grafton in the pouring rain. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. 
Yes, it's everywhere. And you, you've, you've, you're, yeah. you're at that fun. You're at that fun stage, mate, where your um, young daughter's moving out of home, and uh, normally you just move around the corner so that you can just keep having mum and dad's dinner <laughs> meals and get the yes, washing down and that. But she's decided to move to Queensland. Yes, she certainly has. Now, Rodney, your first senior gig out at uh, Poowong, you've had a very successful junior coaching career and done really well. How is that tracking right now? I know it's only early days, but you'd be amongst the, uh, probably the ugly part of footy when you're coaching. Don't really like this time. You like to get amongst the games and get them started. How are you going on the recruiting front? Uh, Yeah, been a slow process. I think a lot of blokes are just wanting to have some time off this time of the year, so getting commitments out of people. Yeah, different. But we've got a couple of boys from Phillip Island, uh, an outside midfielder in uh, Hayden Smith, and then Levi Robinson, another utility. Uh, um, probably more of a key forward as well. So, yeah, and that's that's what the group needs. We need some more key forwards and some outside mids. So we're still working on a couple of others. But, yeah, as I said, it's just hard getting blokes to time of the year so yeah mate what um what was the process like going through the coaching process i know you're really keen to get uh, get involved at senior level after some junior stuff so just how did you find the process and what what was your selling point other than your good looks <laughs> um <laughs> yeah it's sort of as we know, I was under-18s coach at Montaggy this year, and I've been doing it the last three years, and also some, done some development stuff with the development group as well. Um, and sort of halfway through the year, I just said to the footy ops bike, um, I think I'm ready to, to coach my own team now and coach senior footy, and I knew I sort of had to go backwards before you go forwards. Um, and I just sort of said, yeah, so I'm going to do that, and it gave them plenty of time to look for an under-18s coach for the next season, and and then it was just the process of just waiting for clubs to, to put it out there, expressions of interest or they wanting the coaches. And, yeah, I met with a couple of clubs and uh, and, and Puong was one of them. And, 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 yeah, and they were lucky enough to give me the job. So <laughs> it was... Yeah, no, um, well done, mate. Well deserved. Yeah. Um, well, how, how, what, what do you... What was your sort of um, pitch to them? What are you What are you expecting to to do when you when you do get uh, get to get stuck into it? Uh, just just continue develop. They've got a young list, and just to continue develop that young list as well, um, and work with the younger guys. Um, and ability to, I suppose, a strength for me is just game plan stuff and structure and stuff. The ability to change um, in and out of games or in and out of squads or whatever. Um, and I can, yeah, adapt to those sort of things. So that was a, a thing that we sat down and had a good chat about that and, and, and they sort of needed, you know, something along the lines of that too where we can work on some offensive stuff and, you know, forward and centre. Um, you know, Chris, who was at Poolong this year, done really well with, the, you know, third for scoring against. So really defensively, they're really good. Um, but now we need to transition that into offence and, so that'll be a huge part of the, the plan going forward, and that was what I could sort of offer to them is we can, yeah, um, do that. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the I called Puong, I think it might have been five or six occasions this year, and I'm in totally agreement with you up back and through the mid, and, and they they just lack that goal kick, and they lose Paddy Harms, who was their leading goal kicker this year. But, gee, you got a good mid 
field to, to work around, haven't you? Cunningham is, I rated him just about number one or two ruckman in the competition and without doubt Hazendonk who won the medal was the best midfielder I'd seen in the competition and you've uh, not only signed them back up but Hazendonk's going to coach your kids as well. Yeah, which is really good. Um, good for him and um, for his development as well. So, um, yeah, so, and that's like, as I said, like Neerum who won the flag, like, you know, they've averaged 116 points per game and Puong only, you know, 70-odd. So, we, you know, we've got some work to do there. Great midfield, great defence. And, yeah, we just need to work on that offence now and, when, you know, once we get the ball out of that middle, what we'll do with it. So, yeah, so going forward, that's, that's, that, that's the plan. Yeah. Beautiful. Good stuff. I, um, for those that don't know, I uh, play my junior footy with, with Rod and... Um, Katanga! Yeah, I was, I was the captain there a couple of years, so he was, uh, he was a good listener. Um, obviously, I take a lot of credit for where he's at, <laughs> but, um, but he, was technically, he, was, he was technically one of the, the most beautiful kicks, uh, oh, Brad, okay. um, and, and straight. I, I envied that because I had a very, very awkward style. It worked, but uh, <laughs> very awkward style, and, and Rob was just technically perfect. And same with the cricket. We'd, we'd open the batting at times, and we'd, uh, he was, again, he was just a technical... You know the Mark Ward type, and um, so I think um, in terms of goal kicking, he might straighten him up a bit there. He's uh, he's good in front of the sticks. He didn't mind. Uh, he wasn't big on the handball in front of the sticks. He, he didn't mind uh, having a shot at goal. Good on you. Good on you. That's the way to go, Rodney. <laughs> uh, you couldn't do any work with Max King down at the Saints, could you? Oh yeah, he needs it, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, he's terrible. Yeah, he is. Just yeah. how? Yeah. So, so I hope, like so, getting like hopefully with that. Yeah, with the young group that we've got, and there's some kids coming up some 18 and 19 year olds that we'll try and put in the forward half as well and we'll do some really good development with those guys and really strengthen that forward half and yeah it's promising how, how are you finding the recruitment of players is it is it a is it a challenge to attract them to to come to a, a small country club like Puong or are you finding it you've been surprised at how eager people are to come or is it just in general you same at one thaggy how, how do you find that the recruitment of players with uh, money in the game and all that sort of thing, how, how's that process been for you? Oh, he's got a bit of a technical problem with the uh, phone line at the moment, so we'll try to get uh, the great man Rodney Gundrell back on the, uh, the phone in a minute. And as you say, that's a good question, Dan, because, he, as he said earlier, he's already lured a couple mm. away from Phillip Island mm. that have been the most successful club in West Gippsland, the new West Gippsland competition since it restarted in 2017 so they've won a couple of premierships lost one played in the prelim yeah. in four of the five years that they've been in it so that's a very good question and when we can get Rodney back on the phone because as uh, we were saying earlier he's on the road up to Queensland he was in Grafton in shocking heavy rain so um, we'll try to get him back on very soon, but they've got a good list to work well, from. Well, you've seen them up close, yeah. so that was interesting insight from you. So, do you, where do you sort of rate where they're heading going this year? The right way. They were, they had tragedy during the season yeah, too, and they yeah. lost one of the players in a car accident. Yeah. And we called that weekend of that, and Teddy Attenborough, the president out at Poowong, did a magnificent job of keeping that club together and above uh, what they needed to be doing and. I didn't think that game would go ahead. It would have been really tough. But mm. um, it's a very good family club. Mm. Um, yep. Rodney coming from a junior background into his first gig, I, I really 
reckon he's jumped in on a great uh, a great job for his first senior coaching job. Good club. Yeah, good. Yeah, and no, he'll have the backing. Yeah, good community which is there. Yeah, and no, they're very passionate about their team there. Yeah, Chris Doria, who coached them last year or this year and last, I, I spoke to him during the year as well. So we got Rodney back on the line now. The question was from Dan. That's all right. The question was from Dan Rodney that how have you gone? What how's Puwong being been a selling point to for your recruits? But you've done quite well. You said you've got two from Phillip Island, who's what we just said the most successful club in the West Kippy of the last five years. So what has been the selling point getting them across? It's just well where the where Puwong finished just um, you know making finals. Yeah, unfortunately the, the elimination final wasn't a good exit, but that that just making the finals and these a lot of these guys that I'm trying to recruit, we've sort of spoken both ways that they just want opportunity at senior football as well, not quite getting the opportunities at senior footy, playing every single game where they've come from. So it's yeah, it's it's giving him that opportunity as well, and it makes the group hungry. I reckon if you've got players that really want to play senior footy. It makes everyone hungry and it creates depth amongst the group. And um, yeah, um, so yeah, I, mean, we're, I think they're on the verge of that young group. We add some more key forwards and another some more key midfielders to the outside. I think there's you know every chance that we can climb up that ladder pretty quickly. So yeah, excellent, excellent. And uh, I worked at the Puong Pub for a little while, mate, and uh, it's a really Tight knit community and a really there's a real sort of family vibe around the around the club and um, bringing Alicia across and the kids. You're, you're a real big family man and you know you, you come from those sort of values. So I think you're the ideal sort of person to fit into that environment. How have how have they welcomed you and Alicia already? Have you felt like uh, there's a real sort of um, one in all in approach? Yeah, it's been great. Um, yeah, the, the whole club uh, from Ted president right down through so everyone's welcoming me with open arms it's um yeah it, it brings you back to your days of when you're juniors like where we're at at katunga there just a great community football club and mm. um yeah it's it, been really good so oh, i can't wait yeah i've got to say rodney the uh we just spoke about when we lost you on the line that uh, Puwong had a lot of tragedy during the year and the way that ted attenborough steered that club in the right direction was a credit to him and the football club they seem a really close-knit bunch. They do, they do. Uh, and, you know, Teddy loves that footy club, and I can already get that impression already. And, um, yeah, and, and with that tragedy, I hope there might be a few younger boys coming back to to, to play in the reserves or even the seniors, um, you know, just to gel and get the group back together even closer, I think. So, yeah, it's been really good. Fantastic, mate. And just one final one. What can we expect? Are we expecting a Rombarassi type to just tear shreds off his players at the drop of a hat? Or are you going to be more measured and do your Chris Scott thing and just, uh, you know, um, speak to them nicely and uh, let the leaders lead the way? How, how are we going to watch you on camera when we start filming these games? <laughs> uh, no, very, very measured, mate. Very measured. Um, it's the way of life, the way of everything these days, and that you've got to be very measured and with your response and your feedback to people, so um, yeah, no, I, I think the days of ripping into blokes are done, so um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it'll be good, so just communication with everyone and, and, and honest feedback, um, and it keeps everybody up and about, I think. Yeah, looking forward to it, uh, Rodney, it's going to be 
a great year next year, and Poo Wong showed a lot of promise throughout the year, and I have no doubt under your tutelage and the guys that you're bringing into the club, they'll enjoy a very, very successful 2023. And everyone here at SEN, Gippsland, uh, wish you all the best in your pre-season. We look forward to calling Poo Wong again next year, and hopefully we might even get to call you round one in your debut senior mm. coaching job. And, mate, thank you very much for joining us this morning, particularly as you're driving through Grafton in some very heavy rain. All the very best, and thanks again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Drive safe, mate. Thanks a lot. That was a great man, Rodney Gundrell, the new Poowong senior coach. We'll take a quick break, Dan. When we come back, we've got a lot more to get through. We'll have Jamie Yule after 11.30, the Phillip Island captain. We've got Hot or Not, and we've got some grabs on Jordan Dugowie and about the Hawthorne racism inquiry. That'll be all coming up after this short break. Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. This is Saturdays in Gippsland with Ian Doherty and Brad Sinclair. Feeling hot, hot, hot. It's hot, real hot. That's hot, that's hot, that's hot, that's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not. Ah, this is my favourite segment, Dan the Man. I love this segment. Now, because you're the guest today, guest co-host, I'll let you go first. What's hot, what's not? Well, I've got a couple, and it depends who you speak to, but the, you know, my first one would be uh, around Brad Scott's entrance to, uh, I was going to say Windy Hill, but to the hangar uh, in the past couple of weeks uh, as the new Essendon senior coach, which sort of come out of the blue, I think. He wasn't didn't seem like he was in the running at the start and then suddenly uh, he was the man and mm. um, just listening to Mason Redmond during the week on a podcast and he was saying how he's very excited about Brad coming in and toughening up his teammates a bit it was a sort of conversation you'd hear from a leader or a potential leader I reckon he might be our next captain Mason Redmond and um, I I think it was cold when it was first announced for Essendon fans but I think very quickly after hearing Brad speak and and now hearing Mason Redmond, it might be uh, steaming hot there now. We're all getting a bit excited. Oh, Brad Scott's hot. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. Hey, I have got a beauty, I think. Now, is this hot or not? Imagine your team, Dan, getting booted from the footy trip before even checking in. <laughs> well... I have it on great authority that this happened on the weekend to a very much-loved local football club. They arrived at 9am Friday at Gilligan's, my old haunt up oh, in Cairns. Geez. And they were a sponsor of mine up there. And they couldn't get into the rooms till 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which you can't in no, most fine. places. That's fine. But they arrive at 9. So they thought, oh, we'll go to the bar and get on the beers. So they're on the beers from 9 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. Mm. After a couple of hours, one of the blokes then thought it'd be a good idea to pour a beer on one of the pokey machines uh, at Gilligan's. Okay. Had to pay five grand, <laughs> which 2.1 of it came out of the bond or they couldn't stay there. Gee, good start. So the bloke that did it had to fork out the rest. Then they had to pay another 1500 out of the tin money for the new bond before they got keys to their rooms. Is that hot or not? So they still got keys to their rooms. They either? still got keys to the okay, rooms. Okay, well, I think it's uh, it's a bit uh, a bit cool, that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think the club would be too big. 
Yeah, I don't think that's hot at all. No, I don't think the club, I don't think the president will be too happy. Uh, yeah, good good pick up by you. You've got feelers out everywhere, don't you? You know what's going on. Uh, yeah, the cricket 2020 World Cup's on. Um, starting to get into the fun stage with Australia. I think they start tonight, don't they? Yeah. Yes. Um, against New Zealand, the old, I guess the old enemy. Um, uh, discussion over the last few days around whether man-catting Oh. is hot or cold at the moment. And they, I'll just Mark War today, actually, in the Herald Sun, has said how he expects there to be a couple of incidents in the World Cup because of some stuff that went on with the women's cricket. I think it was England and India maybe earlier in the year. Um, and that blew up on social media and it didn't go down well that uh, one of the club, one of the countries decided to do the man-cad where when the bolt batter steps out of his crease, you just yep. flick the bales off when it's not seen as sportsmanship or sportspersonship. But it's uh, it's a it's illegal. It, it is legal in the rules. So, and I, I think it's fine if you want to try and jump over the line and grab a few yards. I'm allowed to knock your bales off. But it's a very interesting debate. And uh, Mark Waugh thinks it'll happen. He doesn't like it, but he reckons we're going to see one or two in the World Cup. Brad, what do you think about that? I think that's hot. Boo, I, I told you, game. I'm on today. I've had a couple, oh, of, rippers. couple of real hot ones. I yeah. tell you what, I like that one, Dan. And it's in the rules. Yeah, exactly. You're out of your crease. Bad yeah. luck. Stay in your crease. If you're playing, if you're playing baseball and you jump off that base, they're looking for you. They're exactly going to throw right. you down. So, so the Americans would laugh at that. Yeah, the Americans <laughs> would laugh. What what man can? Of course, you're not in your crease. You're not there. You're yeah, not, you're stay not on, on your crease. Or it's bad not luck. hard. It's like if you're not on the base. If you're off the yeah. base, they you're get gone. you. They're on the bowlers. The pitchers yeah. peering over his shoulder and taking yeah. 15 minutes between pitches just to keep an eye on you. I haven't got a problem with it, and it only happens in cricket. When the game is in uh, win or lose mode, so it's going to cost someone a game in the World Cup, Desperate isn't it? Stakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if if it happens to an India or oh, uh, you know out. a country with a million people watching, oh. billion people watching, or Pakistan, if it happens in the India-Pakistan game, yep. there'll be wars. How many will they get? Damn! <laughs> if the weather holds out, how many will they get to the Pakistan-India game? Hey, it's already sold out. It's sold out in about seven minutes. That was the first game of the tournament to sell out in Australia. It just shows it's the... Unbelievable. I would have loved to have gone to that game. I think it's at the G too, so that's a, that's a great, yeah. great get. Now, I know we've spent a lot of time on the sacking of Ratton and the, the pending appointment of Ross Lyon, but uh, is he the tonic? Is Ross Lyon the tonic that the Saints need? Well, listening to our... Earlier guest, Sir wow. Wigney, who knows him quite well and has obviously had some oh. deep chats with him. I think he might be. I'm is that hot? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, I think he's too. I'm, uh, <laughs> I think he's very hot. That was hot or not. I love me hot or not. That was now, a good one. We've got a uh, quick chance. I just want to go through a couple of things. Jordan Ngoi staying with Collingwood. Now, mm. he probably right now is thinking, wow, I dodged a bullet if I'd have gone to St Kilda with what happened there. But... Uh, but having said that, mm. we do agree that Ross Lyon's a good tonic for them. Mm. Um, very interesting to hear what Dugowie said on staying with the Pies earlier in the week. Obviously, it's a bit of a stressful period of time, but, um, you know, at the bottom of my heart, I always wanted to stay at the Pies. We had a lot of interviews, meetings, kind of did all the uh, due protocols, I guess, just to try and get the, the, the best understanding of what it would be like if I went there. Obviously, that was a little bit of a sticking point for a while there, but... Um, at the end of the day, we both kind of agreed what was best for me and also the footy club. They've just created this family culture, and I'm I'm really thriving in that, uh, as as a lot of the other boys are too. Yeah, he's uh, he's a match winner. 
Yeah. A definite match winner. Collingwood had to get that done, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad. And You know I'm a Collingwood knocker. Yeah, you love him. Oh, but I'm a big fan that he stayed where he is. And I think he, he touched on it there, the, the feel around the club. Um, and it's exactly what we talked about with Eddie Betts and um, Tyson Stengel. If you get the right environment for your players, yeah, it's a very different feel, isn't it? And uh, you don't you're more inclined to double-think yourself if you are going to do something that maybe is a bit stupid to do off the field. Suddenly you go, oh, no, Craig's not, you know, he's, he's like a second father to me. I, I don't want to let him down. It becomes a very different uh, mental approach. Yeah. And that would have been the same with Tyson Stengel at, at, at Geelong. You know, Eddie's, Eddie and Chris Scott and these guys are really invested in me and I, I, yeah. I need to... So I think that's part of what's got him happy again. Yeah, he's breath of fresh air, Craig McRae. There's no doubt about that. He's changed the whole... The whole look yeah. from the outside of that football club and, in 12 months. And I reckon, dare I say it, he made the season more enjoyable <laughs> as a spectator. Exactly as, right. As a neutral spectator. Exactly right. Hey, we've got to go to the news update, uh, Dan, because uh, that is next in order. When we come back, we've got a whole lot more. We're going to talk to Jamie Yule, the captain of the Phillip Island Football Club. And also I want to touch on the Hawthorne races and inquiry where that is uh, mm. going to, and we might have a grab from the great man from the AFL, uh, Gillan McLaughlin, uh, who was supposed to finish his role a while back, but it just seems that he's staying <laughs> on and staying on at the moment because there's a lot to get done. So we'll grab the 11.30 news update, and we'll be back with Jamie Yule from the Phillip Island Football Club after that. Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. This is Saturdays in Gippsland with Ian Doherty and Brad Sinclair. Welcome back to Saturdays in Gippsland here in Leangatha, right out the front of Henrietta's Cafe. And not only a cafe, got homewares and a bit of everything in there. I might go and have a bit of a look before I get down to McCartan's for a can of lunch with uh, no chef at the moment. And Stuart Wigney's going to whip up a nice palmer for us after midday. Uh, it's all thanks to Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical free. Click and collect. Available now. Now, joining us uh, on the show this morning is the great man from out at Phillip Island. Just a uh, couple of premierships under his belt. And he come through the Gippy Power squad, Dan, of uh, the mid-2000s with guys like Pendlebury and mm. Thomas. And they won the premiership. And he played in that and didn't get... Uh, out, there was a lot of talk that he would get drafted and he didn't get drafted but he's carved out an incredible country football career he's stayed loyal to the Bulldogs out at Phillip Island couple of premierships as I said and loving him on the line at the moment but really interested to talk to him about uh, his wrist and secondly his involvement up in Darwin it's a very warm welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland Jamie Yule G'day, Brad. G'day, Dan. How you going? Good. Thanks, Jamie. Brad's always pumping you up, so he's excited to get you on the show, mate. <laughs> um, where do we find you today? You're not flooded anywhere? or No, not flooded. Pretty dry on Phillip Island. We're nice and high, so... Yeah, about to uh, head down the gym and do a workout, but uh, just playing oh, so out. Away. So, just so away, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to get into McCartan's and lift a few pints. Oh, not a bad spot there. 
Now, Jamie, it's not like you to be in the gym. What are we spending in the gym these days? About 40 hours a week? <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's more work around rehab with that wrist you mentioned, yes. Brad. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely uh, a bit more running at the moment because uh, obviously lost about uh, 10 weeks during the season there. So my uh, cardio fitness went absolutely downhill. So I'm trying to get that back up so I can possibly yeah get a chance to play in Darwin in a couple of weeks, but we'll see how we go. Firstly, tell us about the injury and how it happened. Uh, broke my wrist, uh, snapped the head off the radial bone and also snapped the side off the ulna uh, oh. and then displaced the whole, the whole wrist up. So I had a big S-bend in my hand. Um, yeah, it just happened at a boundary throw-in and I was about to run in and the, we, have, we have a rule that there's one midfielder in the forward 50 at all times and then the other two stay out. And for some reason, one of the other midfielders came in and ran past me and we sort of he ran into me and next minute my wrist looks not normal. So oh. it's just an impact injury, unfortunately. Yeah, really bad though. Gee. Um, and it forced you to miss the, the grand final run and, and uh, I was at that game. It was a amazing performance by by Turid and obviously to to get up and I guess put a put a halt to the amazing run that uh, Philip Bowen's been on for so long to to just keep backing up and backing up what is it about that club that that allows it to do that and just how disappointed was it to have to watch on well funny you say that I didn't get to watch um huh. I had my surgery and then my uh, my in, an infection. I got staph infection, so I had to go back to hospital and have another operation, um, which Gee. which meant I couldn't go watch any of the finals. So that sucked. Gee, um, yeah. But in saying that, Turidan, you know, Turidan were great all year. They've recruited well. They play a good ground of footy. But um, yeah, I think Phillip Island punch above their weight. That's for sure. Considering we don't really have a draw card for players it's all homegrown talent there and i think it's just the standard we've set the culture that we've created Bo helped create that our leaders at the club helped create that and um everyone just wants to have a crack and put in and and that's what comes of it when you when you work hard i guess you speak of Bo, there's been a change at the helm and uh, your great mate cam pedersen takes over and you're having a run with him up in darwin at palmerston now just a couple of names you'll be able to name drop when you finished your footy career now you're just having a kick with eddie betts and gary ablett jr uh, if that wrist is up and running but it sounds like you'll be right for mid-november is that right oh that's what i was hoping for brad um we'll see how we go i got my last surgeon's appointment on monday um and i'm I'm, I'm pretty positive that he's going to give me the all clear that the bone's all healed properly. Um, but, yeah, I'll just see what he has to say. Because, yeah, movement still, it's not perfect. But I think I can get around that playing footy. So, yeah, we'll see. Cam's going to be great this next year um, for the group. I reckon just a, a fresh look. And it's always good to have, you know, new drills and someone else talking out the front. So, yeah, he's going to be great. I've got no doubt, uh, Jamie, that if anyone's doing their prep, and getting themselves right in the rehab. I don't think I've ever coached a player, Dan, that's uh, had a better preparation into a game or into a season. What he does in those months of September to January are absolutely amazing. That's before the group hits mm. the track. Are we still tracking along like that, Jamie? Uh, even though the wrist has given you some trouble, you in the late stages of your career, you're still putting in that after-hours time, I used to call it. I reckon I'm getting better at that now, Brad. I reckon... Maybe uh-huh. the older you get, the more you've got to put in. So, uh, I mean, last year when we got cancelled halfway through, 
uh, I yeah, I, I didn't stop because my goal was to go and play in Darwin, but we obviously couldn't get up there because of COVID. So when the time did come, I was pretty primed um, and fit. And then, yeah, same this year. Once once the doctor said I could start running again, I was straight into it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just a lifestyle, really, just to keep fit, you know. But, yeah, I got a bit of added, uh, yeah, I, I guess, incentive. Yeah, your your activities obviously didn't rub off on your former coach. He's, he's not, he hadn't quite hit the pavement today for a 15K <laughs> run, but I think he might, he might later. He does it in the afternoon, I think, when I'm not watching. But um, what what is the attraction to go up? to Darwin and play play footy up there. So many Vic, Victorians do it. What, 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 logistically, how difficult is it? But what what are the real benefits out of doing it? Oh, jeez, oh, I, I was so oblivious to this. I wish I had have known this when I was in my mid-20s. I only really um, figured out that they were playing in our off-season like last year or the year before, so that was a bit <laughs> silly by me, but... Uh, well, you watch it, um, you live stream it, it's nice and sunny and you think, geez, that looks like perfect weather to play in, but you get there and it's 90% humidity and <laughs> bloody tough, it looks, feels like you're working, running around in buckets of concrete. But um, I yeah. guess just the chance to keep playing footy. Um, it's not a bad standard, it's nice and open, so it's different to down here. Um, not many boundary throw-ins or ball-ups, so the ball just zings up and down, which is cool. And for mm-hmm. me, that just the chance to prove yourself at a club that don't know how you play footy or, you know, you might have a reputation somewhere, but that doesn't mean anything anywhere else. So it might get you in the door, but you still have to prove yourself to a whole bunch of new teammates and stuff. And I thrive on that challenge. And, you know, yeah, I just think it's great that guys get to play all year round if they want to make the chance. But, yeah, uh, logistically, it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, If you fly up and back each weekend, depends what the club wants to do with you. They do try and, like, get you to relocate up there or even do it in blocks and... Um, which is a good way, but yeah, Cam's done it twice this year, and he was pretty knackered by the second game. So um, yeah, it's hard if you go up and back every week. Great stuff, Jamie. Thanks very much for joining us this morning, mate. All the very best in the rehab, and uh, let's hope that we're ready for that big one with Gary Ablett Jr. and Eddie Betts. And <laughs> just before we do let you go, where are you going to slot in? I mean, you're just going to walk in and say, hey, look, Gazza, I play here in the midfield. Just go for a trundle up forward, son. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but they've got, at the moment, they've got Eddie Neville Jetta. They've got Travis Marco <laughs> as well. Then then you've got Cam, and then you've got Gary as well, as long as, as, long as Eric Guthrie, who won the league middle last year. So, oh man, I'd be happy to come off the bench and fill in for him if I had to. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be fun. Hopefully I can make up there. I'll, yeah. I hope they. I hope they've got a couple of bucks left in the bank account for you because <laughs> Jamie <laughs> plays for free. He's a lover of the Does game. Like that. Yeah, you are right there, Brad. Um, I, I do do it for free. I just yep. like to play. So yeah, that's, that's lucky that's... because Gazza's going to take a yeah. fair whack of that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> salary cap. I reckon. You'd think that. I can vouch for Jamie Yule. He's one of the very few that yes. still loves the game like he does. And thanks for joining us, mate. All the very best in the rehab, and good luck with everything. Uh, going forward and next year with the Bulldogs as well. Thanks for joining us. Good on good on you, fellas. Appreciate the call. Uh, enjoy that Palmer at McCartan's, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that was Jamie Yule, the Phillip Island captain, and he'll play up in uh, the great Darwin in, in the nice weather very shortly. Uh, it was great for him to join us. We'll take a quick break, Dan. When we come back, we've got a lot more to get through. We want to talk about the Hawthorne uh, racism inquiry, and we also want to talk about what's coming up 
in the field of cricket if it's going to get anything done this weekend. We'll be back after these short messages. Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. This is Saturdays in Gippsland with Ian Doherty and Brad Sinclair. Welcome back to Saturdays in Gippsland here in Leangatha. When we started, it was pelting down. It's rained through the whole show. We're just about to finish up and in comes the blue sky and the rain stops, Dan. We can open the doors because I had a curried egg sandwich in the last break and that's uh, that's started to take uh, effect. Uh, It's been a good morning this morning. (laughs) Yes, Mr. Red. One of my favourite TV shows of all time, the old Mr. Red. Just quickly, I actually, I interviewed the... Guy from the show. No, who was not his, Wilbur. Yeah, uh, not the horse, but um, no, Wilbur was the f- uh, yeah, father. Yeah, Wilbur Post. Yeah, I got him on a radio show. I was really? doing on a different station many years ago, and uh, we actually tracked him down. We interviewed him, and it was one of the most popular. Rex Hunt and people like that were just uh, oh, contacting. Saying, That's that. outstanding. Send me the link to that because that is my favourite show. I well, I, I, and I say this honestly. This is the truth. When I was a young fellow and I used to rush home from school to watch that, I actually thought that horse spoke. Yeah, I think I did too. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I still no, do. I don't, feel that. <laughs> I don't feel that bad. Hey, um, have you seen the Hawthorne stuff with the two coaches being relieved of their duties for a short stint? I mean, uh, Clarkson didn't fit, start till November 1 anyway. No. I, they were, it's a hard one to comment on, isn't it? But they were, I guess they were hung out to dry from the start and that that was probably if if you're a reader of the paper or you're a watcher of the news you, the first thing you're thinking is well they must be guilty if this is the way it's getting reported and um but they hadn't even had a chance to sort of say well hang on this did or didn't happen and it, it may or may not have happened we don't know yet but if would you be happy if uh SEN stood you down over something that Big chance needs that, to get well after big, today. Big chance. There's a fair chance I'll be taking over. <laughs> but um, but if you know what I mean, like if that was your work, it's a tough one to comment on. But I just felt that they were hung out to dry from the start, and yeah. we haven't had the chance to have the due process yet. So, well, the inquiry is going to go public, mm. and uh, the great man from the AFL in uh, his last few days, uh, Gillan McLaughlin, had this to say during the week. AFL employees such as Alastair Clarkson and Chris Fagan will be compelled to appear before the independent panel investigating historic racism at Hawthorne. But the AFL has no guarantees the complainants will also choose to appear. We can only do what we ask. We were asked by the complainants to put this together and that will be their decision we respect it. I'm optimistic they, they will, but we don't have those guarantees. The true independence of the panel has been questioned by the families of players at the heart of the review. The panel was set up by the AFL and is free to make its own recommendations. But it will be the AFL Commission who have the final say on any sanctions. We were asked to look at this. We've made the decision to put an independent panel in place. We have. The AFL has. We've mounted an independent panel today. I feel we are taking this incredibly seriously and we are doing as we've been asked to do in uh, in a very difficult circumstance. But we made the decision, Nick, to appoint an independent panel. The investigation's terms of reference will be made public, as will the recommendations from the independent panel's report. The AFL are hopeful the process won't extend into next year. In the terms of reference, there is um, a set of timetables established that would 
uh, CA the report finalised pre-Christmas. Yeah, thanks to Fox Sports for that audio. Um, great to, to get that. All right, a couple of things there. Difficult circumstances, no doubt. They're making it public. I think that's a great idea. And the timetable is pre-Christmas, Dan. Yeah, I, I find it interesting you can put a timetable on it because yeah. you have to get around to a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, so well, that's obviously the sooner they can get it sorted, the better. But we don't know who's going to speak from the the families that were initially interviewed, uh, whether they want to speak again. I, it's, it's hard to know whether they should or shouldn't, but you'd probably think, well, geez, it'd be great if they did, just so we, we can they can get it all out on the table again, you know, hopefully for the last time, and it can get properly examined and they don't have to refer back to previous quotes or anything. They can actually have the have it there in front of them and, that, and see for themselves firsthand yeah. just how it, it did affect them. Um, and, yeah, that... I hope that's what happens, but everyone's different. Everyone it's real uncharted territory. It's a tough one. I think um, the AFL is doing what. So it, do I. Yeah, I think it's doing yeah. what it needs to do. So yeah. we, I don't think we can criticise Gil at all for what they've got on the front foot. Once this has become public, whether it become public the right way is the question. Yeah. But um, I think they've jumped on the front foot. Yeah. And we only got a couple of minutes to go, and I'd like to spend some time on what you're up to now, Dan. I mean. I loved all your books, every book, and I've got it. I know, now I keep going back to Larrikins and Legends, the Carlton era of 79 to 82. It is my favourite, not only sports book, my favourite ever book, but, gee, I'll tell you what, I'm nearly finished the Hutto one, and that's a beauty too. Crimo was a ripper, and, of course, we can't forget Dick Reynolds because you're a mad Essendon man. Have we got anything on the go right now? Uh, I had a busy week. Uh, the week after the grand final, I, Jeff Slattery, my... Uh, Editor, publisher, he um, he said we're going to do a book on the premiers, whoever it is. So we we couldn't do it. You can only do so much prep because you didn't know who was going to win. But five minutes into the game, you knew you were doing a <laughs> Geelong book. Work. But yeah, yeah. So the week after that was um, probably the busiest I've worked on a book because we just had to get it turned out as soon as possible, and we needed some really good content. Um, it's it's titled Perfect Ten: The Pictorial Story of Geelong's campaign to win a 10th premiership uh and it was yeah so it's a based on a lot of photos that cover their their year and, and particularly the finals on the grand final and the aftermath but we wanted to provide some really thick content in between that in terms of the writing to paint the picture of how it all went so there was a lot of um yeah a lot of background work and a lot of churning out of um Words and words and words, and uh, we got there, and it, it, the cover looks fantastic. Don't tell me it's finished. Yeah, we finished it in about a week. Oh, so it's, you serious? It's, you, now me got... and a couple of others. Um, there's a bit through, four of us who co-wrote it, so it'll be perfect ten. It'll be hitting the shelves. Uh, where are we? Probably, I think Geelong get their stock in November, and then the first of December it'll be everywhere else. So you're uh, a busy Geelong, man. You Geelong fans them. are gonna love that. So how long did it take you to churn out? A couple of weeks. You're not bad. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Is there anything about Jeremy Cameron's cows with the medal? Yes. That book? There is. Yes. Oh, no, we That'll covered be... that. We had to be across every. <laughs> we had to be across every individual's sort of backstory and really delve into why they did what they did. And uh, you know, so there is some. You know, you look at Tyson Stengel and all them. So uh, no, it's fantastic. Ah, uh, good stuff, Dan. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, I'd like to thank Stuart Whitney. We're only going to get him on for 10 minutes, and he spent 40 minutes with us. We I didn't let the door open. We just locked yeah, him in. Yeah, exactly right. He was a, an absolute ripper from McCartan's Hotel. If you're a chef, don't forget.
get on to uh, info, McCart- info at mccartons.com.au. He's looking for a chef. Rodney Gundrell, the new Poowong coach, was great to have a chat with him on the road up to Queensland, Dan. And then Jamie Yule, who is going to be playing with Gary Ablett Jr., Eddie Betts, Neville Jetta, his uh, coach, Cam Pedersen. They've all played AFL footy. What a super day we've had. We've spoken to some ripper local guests. And thank you for joining us on the other end of the radio. And we look forward to next week when we bring you another show, same time, 10 o'clock next Saturday morning. And thank you, Dan the Man Eddie. Thanks for having me, mate. Great show. And thanks for Steve back in the studio. We look forward to next Saturday in Gippsland. Ain't no good if you're in the jungle.